1: Good evening, folks. How are you? Rory here with you on the Big Red Bench until 7pm Tonight. if you want to get in touch with us at 68104106. What a show we have coming your way over the next hour. It has been a busy day, and it is still not over. To come on the show tonight, reaction from Cork's big win over Offaly. We'll hear from Kieran Kingston a little bit later on. The Cork Minor Camogie team have beaten Dublin the All-Ireland Championship. We'll hear from them a little bit as well. going to talk to Moss Finn about Ireland's defeat to France and where that leaves them in the Six Nations we're going to look ahead to the Super Bowl tonight Bengals Rams 11.30 kickoff tonight Alan Lamastney, the head coach of the Cork Admirals provides his expert analysis and a League of Ireland preview as well we're going to hear from the head coaches and managers of uh, Cork City and at uh, Colin Healy and Dar Murphy so a packed hour of sport coming your way right here on the Big Red Bench Hope you're enjoying your Sunday evening. Thank you very much indeed uh, for joining us on the Big Red Bench tonight. Rory Hagan is my name, taking you through for the next hour and as I said it is going to be a busy one going to wrap up today's action before we get started as I mentioned the Hurdlers making it back to back wins in the Allianz Hurling League Division 1 425 to 115 was how finished in Burr against Offley today Shane Kingston top scoring for the Rebels at 2-8 Conor Lehan and Darifid Skibbon also finding the net for the Rebels as we'll hear from Kieran Kingston in just a little bit next up is a trip to Limerick in a fortnight also in Group A today Wexford beating Clare 220 to 120 is how that finished today at Cusick Park Tipperary and uh, Kilkenny going heads to heads today, and that finished uh, in a narrow win for Chip. Finished at two nineteen and Kilkenny one eighteen. Elsewhere in the same section, Waterford have beaten Leash seven thirty one to nineteen points at Walsh Park in Camoggi, The Court Miners beating Dublin today in the All Ireland Championship. Donegal Castle two fifteen to five points. we had that finished in football. Liverpool have won one nil away to Burnley today. We can get a full time report uh, on that game from Peter Smith. Burnley nil Liverpool one with Burnley left to regret not maximising their first half chances three of which failed to 12 million pound striker Violet Vekhorst who displayed a series of a indifferent right finishes Burnley's fighting spirit was undeniable be Liverpool were made to, to work every step of the way for their victory handed to, to them by Fabinho's short range finish after Monet had stooped to flick on a 40th minute Alexander Arnold corner it ended in nil, Liverpool one. Keeping their title hypes, hopes alive. Are Liverpool nine points behind now with a game in hand. Boss Jürgen Klopp happy with how his side got the win today.
2: They didn't have to do a lot if we are honest, 100% honest because each ball in the air was so tricky to defend um, and because it was really, really, the wind came from all directions. So we played the circumstances instead of suffering from it. Huge win for Newcastle
1: say four points clear of the relegation zone now with a 1-0 win over Aston Villa, Stephen Goldsmith.
3: Newcastle won, Aston Villa nil. Aston Villa's winless run at St James's stretches into another year but far more relevant is what a third successive win does for Newcastle. A nice little four-point buffer now exists between them and the bottom three. The goal came about when a penalty was overturned. VAR judged Willock to have been fouled outside the box. Kieran Trichier cared not he blasted it into the net via a deflection. The AR were involved again later, overruling another decision, this time a goal for Villa. Watkins was called offside after he thought he had leveled things up. Newcastle won, Aston Villa nil.
1: So, Barcelona says there was a lot to admire about their performance today.
4: It wasn't the prettiest, and we're probably the first to admit that, but I think what it was, it was beautiful at the same time from our perspective because the beauty was in our defending and in our, our detail. I thought the players gave everything to what was uh, a a difficult game.
1: Also today, Wolves beating Tottenham 2-0 Nigel Bidmead.
5: Tottenham 0 Wolves 2. It's four away wins in a row now for Wolves who move above Spurs in the table. For their goals, Wolves took advantage of two defensive howlers early in the game. Raul Jimenez volleyed in the opener on 6 and Leander Dendonka forced home the second on 18. Both will make uncomfortable viewing in the next Tottenham team meeting, especially the second one. Spurs had the better chances in the second half but they couldn't find a way to repair the damage done in the first 20 minutes. Wolves win 2-0.
1: Elsewhere, Leicester 2-1 up on West Ham. Nikesh Rouganis at the King Power.
3: It's Leicester City 2, West Ham United 1. A deserved lead for Leicester just early on into this second half. It was a cross from the left-hand side from Harvey Barnes and it was Ricardo Pereira from the right wing popping up just inside the six-yard area, outjumping Aaron Cresswell and heading past Lucas Fabianski. It's Leicester 2, West Ham 1.
1: Celtic into the next round, the Scottish Cup. They had a 4-0 win against Ray Thoreau. Overs at Celtic Park, Hibs three-one winners away to our Broth earlier on today. Uh, elsewhere in uh, sport, and uh, as I say, it has been a busy day. Um, England have beaten Italy in the Six Nations 33-0 was how that finished in Rome today. Plenty of Six Nations to come uh, a little bit later on the show with our good friend Moss Finn and of course it is Super Bowl Sunday. Chicken wings at the ready for everyone tonight as the Cincinnati Bengals face the LA Rams that kicks off 11.30 Irish time Alan Lamasny, the best head coach in the country of the Cork Admirals will be along to give us his expert view and how the game is going to go. So that will be coming up a little bit later on in the show. We are going to kick off though with uh, Cork's win today over Offaly, and a good win for the Rebels. Two wins and two now to go with the win against Clare last week, and uh, now uh, Cork made it two wins from two with that. Uh, comfortable win over Off, we're going to hear from Kieran Kingston first and then we're going to hear from uh, Dennis Hurley of the uh, Echo who was there at the game and uh, we'll be talking to him just after we hear from the Corkbots was
4: oh, really getting out of the blast quickly today okay. Mark Holman getting good performance centre back got a lot of ball and, and striking long range freeze as well We are happy with him yeah I was happy with look happy with every, every fellow that went in to the, the shift in today fellows that didn't will will um, be reviewed <laughs> dur- during the week and, and uh, we'll we'll see what, how we can improve but uh, we're very much trying to build the character of this group that every time you go on on the field every time you, you, you play with cock we expect it minimum we expect the shift we expect the performance and let the result take care of ourselves Garen um
6: presumably happy with the way that the attackers pressed, pressed well and kind of forced turnovers but then a other and maybe a bit of over, over elaboration at times and could have been punished on another day yeah look we, we got off to a great start Dennis um, and I
4: thought our forward worked really hard for the first 15 20 minutes but then for the last 12-15 minutes leading to half time we kind of took our foot off the pedal a little bit and that we yeah. could complacent and then that was disappointing uh, we picked up again the second half but in particular I, I thought right through the forwards and the principal worked hard we did make some Elements, mistakes Possibly, if you look at the off scores of the second half like the goal like I wouldn't blame Tommy for the goal I think to just the, the pitch and the ball yeah, bounce yeah. and these things happen you know and, but yeah we made we made some uh, poor decisions some sure handling things but yeah things you have to work in it's the second week of February yeah. it's only our second game and look it's good that we have those things to work on but we know we
6: have loads to work on and you're probably asked very good Mark probably did better maybe at right half forward they're not full forward but I suppose you know he's still going to be finding his feet like ah, at, at yeah.
4: inter-county level yeah Mark he played for three years I think back in Northern in junior final last week had only two nights with us now so since the, since the final, and uh, we wanted to get some game time into today. Yeah. Uh, and then in the second half, like we, it gives a bit of a breeze. We said we'd be more to all and see how that would go. Yeah. And he put a real good shift in, it. look, uh, he lasted all out final by a point last Saturday. but back in with us on Tuesday, which is a testament to the to the character he is, and and how much he wants to be involved. You know? Yeah, and
6: just great, I suppose, that you have such depth like that You had the, the few changes yeah, last week, but was having orders, but like that, you were able to bring in lads and kind of come out with a good win? Yeah, like the importance of the panel is, is, is crucial in,
4: in, in, in league because you're going from game to game and for us it is also because you're in the middle of a college campaign which, well, which you see out now, there's more last than backers. but that's the important for us to be building our panel because the championship beginning is very, very tight schedule yeah. and you need a panel of players you can kind of get illegal in the first round of the championship and you could miss two games. Yeah. So it's also important that you have uh, a number of players that you can trust and we we'll put in a shift and. Uh, for the group, and that's what we're trying to be. And
6: uh, it leaves things nicely, nicely pies now for the, the shift to the Gaelic grounds in yeah, weeks yeah. time, Given how Limerick have done in their the first two games. Yeah, we can We haven't even thought about it. As I said, beyond today, but yeah. we will start. Start reviewing this now. Reviewing,
4: reviewing this game next couple of days and been planning planning for the next one. There was some a lot of third legs after today because that's pitching yeah, really, yeah. really heavy. Uh, and we start focusing that next we know we know what a massive challenge that is going up to up to the Gilly Grounds anytime. time. Um, today was a huge challenge coming up to and The Gaelic Grounds would be a bigger challenge again.
1: Alright, that was Cork Boss Kieran in Kingston in conversation with Dennis Hurley. Dennis joins me on the line now to talk about Cork's big win over Offaly. And Dennis was that as comfortable as the scoreline suggested.
6: It was really Rory. Um, Cork, Cork went for the juggler in fairness. They had um, two goals scored in the opening three minutes. Um, by the 14th minute, it was 3.62. Between then and half time, but 3.12 12 8, half time lead. It was never going to be in doubt in the second half. And Cork were able to empty the bench, give two players game time, um, and just cruise to victory.
1: Yeah, Shane Kingston tops. Sc- in the
6: second half, so leaves them
1: nicely placed now after their two matches. Yeah, Shane Kingston tops scoring with 2-8 today. Dennis has already looked like he was in red hot form.
6: Yeah, uh, Shane Shane was on the freeze even even in the second half when, when Patrick Cork came on. Well, he was in the freeze in the awfully half. I'd say Mark Coleman landed four from his own half. Um, but yeah, definitely um, a bright performance from Shane and the whole of the attack. Um, like you heard me ask here and there, like there was a real sense of defending from the front. They've put awfully under pressure, forced turnover. So when you're winning the ball close to the opposition goal, you know gives you a great chance of scoring. Cork a bit stoppiness. Second half, maybe I think they had uh, ten wides all together in the second half, only five in the first half. But again, when the match is won, it's hard to stay fully, fully keyed in. But um, you know, Darragh has given a midfield as well. He got one two, Conor hang got one two, uh, Markeen got a point, but he was very involved, especially in the second half when he moved to, to wing forward. Um, so a, a lot of encouraging, um, encouraging performances, but. I suppose you just take the caveat that it's the middle of February, but in saying that, better to have two wins than, than two losses.
1: Yeah, I was going to, to mention Mark Keane. Uh, First start for him, a lot of eyes on him, obviously, uh, on uh, heading into today's game. And as you mentioned there, Dennis, uh, a decent enough performance from him.
6: Yeah, he started a full forward. And I suppose you'd say Cork maybe didn't didn't fully mutilize him, uh, you know, as, as a target man. He, he was fouled for an early um, an early Shane Kingston, free, all right, 8. Um, and then for the second half, after moving to right half forward, he uh he won two cork buckles. He won an offaly buckle as well. Um, so he was he was definitely more, more more influential there. Um, and he uh he scored a point and he was involved in a few other scores. Um, he's um he he won the ball leading to Cork's uh cork, Cork's last goal. So it um it definitely definitely bodes well. Um, I suppose it'll be just interesting to see kind of if he is used more as a half forward option than than in the in the full forward line.
1: And Patrick Horing starting on the bench today, Dennis. Uh, I've seen a few people suggest that maybe that's a sign of things to come for the future that maybe Patrick isn't a guaranteed starter for Cork um this year.
6: I I'd be surprised if that was the case, but you never know. I suppose that he was he was left in his orb last week and, and Kieran commented afterwards just what a luxury it was not to have to use him. I suppose they're cognizant of the fact that he is in his mid thirties now. But, you know, he's still gonna be a, a vital player for Cork um it, it did throughout the season. I suppose the fact that, you know, the league ramps up into the championship And then you have such a kind of a, a a Quick schedule Cork probably A, want to make sure That they have enough options If anything was to happen to Patrick And I think they've shown now Like last week he he wasn't involved at all and they still posted a good score today. They got four twenty five and he only got a point to that. He was a that it wasn't a goal in fairness. But I, I would expect him to be still be mm-hmm. a, a key man when the championship does come around. It might be the case that they kinda go horses for courses, depending on the opponents in their tight Munster Championship schedule. But um I, I would I would be I'd be surprised if, if it was only a, a bit part role. All right, Dennis, thanks so much for talking to us. T- Cheers Rory. all right.
1: Bye. Yeah, great to talk to uh, Dennis Hurley there
6: of the Echo following
1: Cork's win over Offaly today. Good start, two wins from two. Um, but as Kings Kingston mentioned, it's still only the second week of February, still only the second week of the league. Plenty of hurling to be done uh, between now and uh, this summer. So look, but look, it's promising. Promising two wins from two—that's uh, all you can want. Um, right, going to hear now from uh, the Cork Camogie Miners—they've beaten Dublin, playing the All Ireland Championship two fifteen to five points. Was how it finished down in Castle Road. The hardest working man in the business, Mister Dermot McCarthy, down there for us, and he got to speak to Boss Jerry Wallace.
7: OK, Jerry Wallace Cork uh, Minor Camogie Manager Comprehensive victory over Dublin today You came here to do a
2: job You got the job done How oh, happy are you with the performance? Very, very happy, Joe. I, I felt after last Sunday in Galway we had some things to build on and to work on and I suppose the biggest thing we took out of last Sunday was that we needed to try and improve our scoring ratio and fair play to the girls today in blustery conditions very difficult and conditions here this, this afternoon like we're after getting 2.15 and uh, it's a great day work. Well. so it is we've now qualified for the honour and qualified nurse semi-final yeah. so like we, we, we set out to do what we did and we've done it now so we're very very happy like him um, you
7: also utilised your substitute bent very effectively today I mean you want to give girls game time as often as you possibly can and this is a good situation to put them into how happy are you with the people that came off the bench uh, I was delighted
2: I was delighted Yeah, with Tia Coleman she came in at right half back we found Tia in the trials so it was a good process there back in December and November um, she, she plays her camogie with St Fanehans up above the Town area there we got the girl Chloe Lee Need to goes have a look at her today, there. And like we took a risk, I suppose, there by using our five subs. You know, ten minutes into the second half. But we're going to play Wexford now next Sunday in a challenge match in the WIT. So I can guarantee all the girls that are on the panel that didn't play here today or didn't participate in Galway will play next Sunday. It'll be there there to see can we build and strengthen the panel for the two challenges that could be ahead of us, like the semi-final of an All Ireland quarter-final, and hopefully a final again. Like, you know. Yeah,
7: that gap we spoke about before in a big red bench. It is a bit of a it is a bit of a hindrance because you play. Your two matches, and you know, one after the other, then you've got to wait for Dublin to play uh, Galway, and now you've got to find other matches to play. But look, I mean, you are where you want to be, but it would be better, I would imagine, from a management point of view, if you had more regular games coming into it.
2: Well, it would, Jory, yeah. And I suppose in the last the number, number of years that I've been involved, it in was a group of four, so this year it's just a group of three. So we always had a third game, uh, a third championship game. This year we don't, so we've got to go with it now. And look, we're, we're experienced enough, long enough at it now, so we have to know that we'll have to build our momentum again slowly but surely. The girls are going to get the week off no I'm going to give them all the week off. We all need a rest management. Everyone needs the week off, and our starting point for the All Ireland semi-final quarter-final is against Wexford on next Sunday in a challenge match down in the WIT. we we'll be looking forward to that, year So once again,
7: yeah. thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And look, you're in a good place. I'm going to let you go on one last thing I was going to say to you. You've got a lot of players on the uh, on your forward line that can get go- scores. But Orla Cailin popped up today with two
2: very impressive goals. Yeah, Orla. Orla did the work last week. I think I complimented her earlier in one of my interviews with you earlier in the week. Like Orla did fierce work in Galway last week when we were in a right battle 8 points to 6 this week she expressed herself more she stood up to what that, that question I asked them in the dressing room in match I said it was the one thing we could only build on we can't. We couldn't change the way we wanted to play we couldn't work on the hooking the blocking the flicking the defence but what we could work on was getting more scores and today Orla Cahillan showed her class like the goal she got in the first half there Jordan was a fabulous cracker but I go back again to our two our full back and our centre back they are two great women for Camogie as well I, I would say looking back on the 2.15 the two, when I started in 2018 I had this group that won the first All-Ireland that minor for Cork I can tell you this group are very much like that group Ger. there's the characters in this group that are very much like that group there are girls I think that are going to be involved with Cork for a long time so there is so okay. upwards and onwards good stuff congratulations thanks very much indeed Ger. thanks Jerry yeah. yeah, Wallace there the Cork minor boss speaking
1: uh, after today you can hear from the wind there how, just how windy it was down in Castle Road today uh, but yeah a great win for the Rebels 2.15 to 5 points is how it finished going to hear uh, briefly from Captain Orlan Mullins
7: Okay. Now I'm here with Sarsfield and Cork minor camogie captain Orla Mullins following Cork's 2.15 to 5 points victory over Dublin Orla first of all congratulations on the win
8: Thank you Ger thank you very much
7: Um, A good win in the end but how hard was it out in that pitch today? It was quite a soft pitch and Dublin really kind of put up to you there in the first half Yeah the pitch it wasn't in great conditions it was hard to work on but look with all the training we've been doing we fought through it and we did our best and the score proves it today and we've been working hard all week so yeah Yeah and you're coming off a big win as well up in Galway. That was a really tough game, so two wins on, on the bones Must be delighted with that. Yeah, that's yeah, it's a great, great achievement by us. We've been training hard so we've earned it very well. I just hope now we can keep going with it and keep winning and keep our success going. Lovely honour for you and for your club to be captain this year, must be delighted. Yeah, it's it is an honor <laughs> to laugh
1: now, but yeah, I'm loving it. And all my family are here supporting me as well. So yeah. Yeah, to Gail down there in Castle Road, uh, where Joe was speaking to uh captain Orla Mullins. Uh, we heard uh, Orla Cahalan being singled out for praise by Jerry Wallace. there. Joe got a chance to speak to her afterwards?
7: Now I'm here with two-goal hero Orla Cahillan uh, who helped Cork Miners uh, to a big victory 2.15 to 5 points in today's test in London, group Cup cha- uh, on Ireland group championship here at Castle Road Orla first of all congratulations Thank you um, A good win for Cork today you got two goals but um, it was a real team effort it looks like you have a really good team and the, the squad everybody seems to be getting along
9: quite well Yeah definitely um, Jerry definitely brings us all close together in training we do a lot of team bonding shows that training and it shows in our playing.
7: How tough was it out there today? I know the scoreline it was a good win for you, but the pitch conditions in Dublin were pretty tough.
9: Yeah, exactly. They, The conditions were bad, but we were kind of used to it now, since last weekend in Galway. The conditions are the same, so that gave us the edge over them. And
1: it helped. It's Orla Cahalad and they're speaking to jar after uh, today's win, so congratulations indeed uh, to the Rebels on that fantastic win. Into the last five minutes, Leicester City it's still 2-1 up on West time. We'll get your full-time report on that one in just a bit alright we're going to talk rugby now and uh, yeah look defeat for Ireland last night uh, in Paris against France um, decent performance I thought though from Ireland um, performed very very well in the absence of Johnny Sexton Joy Carberry definitely stood up and uh, played well but I suppose the big question was why, why kick for goal with 8 minutes when you're uh, 8 minutes left your 6 points down. why not go into the corner that's been the, the, the topic of debate it's been in every match report that I've seen it's been in every discussion that I've had with people about last night's game it's been in every tweet I've seen about the game why not kick for the corner instead of going for goal uh, with 8 minutes left and you're 3 points down I put that to Moss Finn I will put that to Mas Finn he's going to join us on the line in just a little bit first though we're going to hear from uh, Ireland boss Andy Farrell uh,
10: and his thoughts on yesterday's performance the, the result doesn't lie so um, it is what it is uh, congratulations to France Um I thought uh they deserve the win because uh that 's what the score line tells us, so that's sport isn 't it and um and we move on to the next one the um yeah, obviously france uh played a very good game obviously v- from the start it wasn't obviously a plan of ours to to go ten points down after after six minutes and <coughs> At one stage, we was 22-7 um, down, so all credit to France. Um, but I must say, um, uh, I think it shows the character of and the fitness of the uh, Irish side and, and, and the spirit that we had to um, be in with a chance of, of winning the game there at the end. Well, he already knew that we had uh, character. I um, already knew that the, the, the squad... Um, uh, was unbelievably fit, uh, um, and and the the strength of uh, mental strength was 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 something that we expect of ourselves, um, and maybe any type of side that 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 comes here to Paris and and gets to a point twenty two seven down, uh, we've seen the French many a times that will uh, take advantage of that and and tip a team over the edge. Um, That wasn't going to be the case with us, so I think our mental strength was uh, was fantastic tonight. And just one for Andy, just on that penalty decision. You're happy for
6: the players to make those decisions when they're, uh, I suppose, in the momentum of the game itself.
10: It's the it's the right decision. There's no doubt about that. Um, uh, They feel the game. They're in the moment. They, They they understand what's happening. There was plenty of time left. In fact, didn't we have a line out? Um, after that, um, to go on um, when there was a couple of points down because we we got the three points back, we had a line out and an opportunity to to score the try and, and we didn't and, and and that's the game. So uh, I backed them to make those calls. Thank you.
5: Hi Andy Ashland here from Off the Ball.
10: Hi there.
5: Hi. So there was definitely a lot of learnings from the game and a lot of positives. Joey Kirby had um, a good start to his uh, first ever Six Nations game.
11: And Jack
10: Harriby as well, coming off the bench. Yeah, no, there's the there are plenty of positives, and look, um, you, you can see by um, James's body language, he's, he's probably sore and, and a little bit fed up that we that we that we have lost, and it's hard to take when you've put such a a tough shift in like that, especially with the, with the fight and the, and the and the character that we had to come back, but. I mean, in the end, uh, two good sides going at it, Um, you know, maybe 22-7 down, um, people might have thought that it was a step too far, but these lads didn't, so the character shone through and certainly the fitness shone through, so um, the competition obviously is uh, slightly in in, in France's favour, two home games that they've played and uh, two, two victories for them but the, the composition's only just getting going so we'll lick our wounds and, and learn from what was a fighting spirited uh, performance uh, but at the same time we'll be honest with each other and, and make sure that we, we learn the lessons on a few decisions that we made along the way
5: and just on the French, were you surprised at all at how good they were? We obviously talked a lot about them and how strong they are as a team, but did anything surprise you, their, their pace and power in which they attacked?
10: Uh, no, um, it's, it's one thing preparing, another thing trying to stop it, but at the same time, like I said to you, um, we, I thought we I thought we was physical um, in some of our hits, you know, uh, when, when we worked out them coming round the corner, uh, uh, Especially James and and Tighe and Andrew Porter. I thought I thought we were physical. I thought we were knocking them back, and I didn't think they were getting the momentum that they, that they got at the start. So that's very pleasing that we fix fix things on on the run. Obviously, we'll have to analyse uh, the legality of um, um, the defensive defensive breakdowns um, from from the French side. But all credit to them. They they. Um, they were they were very vigorous in in, in, in that department, and uh, we've got to make sure that we uh, that we clean that we clean uh, certainly our wide rock up uh, a little bit more, so we can get some more fluidity into, into the game. That's great, Andy. Thank you. Andy,
0: you just might ask about
4: injuries.
2: Um, can you give me a squad update from from after match?
10: Yeah, there's a few bru- bruised bodies in there, so uh, we're still going through all that. Um, obviously, there's a few um, HIAs, but um, uh, we're we we we're still going through the protocols as as far as that's concerned. But I thought again, he, he shows the uh, the character of the side and how they how they how they adapt when uh, things are not quite going as, as planned.
1: Well, that was Ireland boss Andy Farrell and I'm delighted to be joined to discuss it by the legend that is former Ireland and Munster winger, good friend Moss Finn. Moss, how are you, sir?
12: Very good, Rory. Very good.
1: Moss, um, I suppose we'll start, I suppose, with the big talking point of the game and that was the decision to kick for goal with eight minutes left, six points down instead of going into the corner. Where do you stand on that?
12: Well, obviously, when you didn't win the match, everyone will say it was the wrong decision. But at the time, I felt it it was probably the right decision with nine minutes left. But... Oh i probably we had the momentum at that time and when we took the kick France seemed to get back another little bit of momentum. So, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Um I personally would have gone for the corner. We had scored from a from a a a a, a mall moving forward just before it, and so we had momentum. I would personally have gone for the corner, but having said that I I wouldn't criticise them either, because if we had won the match, it would have proved to be the right decision. But given the momentum that we had, we possibly should have gone for the corner.
1: Overall, Moss,
12: this was a decent enough Irish performance. (laughs) It was what you call a real test match and a fantastic game of rugby and a very, very good Irish performance. I would agree with that 100%. We were 10-0 down after six minutes, 22-7 down after 44 minutes. Traditionally, an Irish team would collapse in that situation. But this team is made of sterner stuff and they came back in and having been been well beaten for a long period in the game, had a realistic chance of winning it. So it was a fantastic, entertaining game and it it shows us the level we have to aspire to if we want to to have a, a realistic chance of possibly winning a World Cup. The physicality of the
1: French team, Moss, was something else, but I thought Ireland did well to stand
12: up to it. They did and I alluded to it last week with column there that we played Wales and Wales lacked physicality in their front five and we, we basically beat Wales up and, and, and won the match. You can't do that with the likes of what I call the elite teams like South Africa, um, England, New Zealand or France and their power is absolutely awesome. You saw the tie, like La Rochelle have some of that pack and they beat Leinster up there when Leinster had won something like 300 matches in a row and La Rochelle came along and beat them up. The... The physicality of that French team, you Antonio there in the front row. He's 23 stone of raw power and he can handle the ball as well, you know. So to, to say that, you know, we, we, we weren't beaten up by them and we stayed at the game, which was a great testament to us, you know. When you, like the previous week you had Jack Conan, um, Doris and um, Van der Fleer, they bossed the Welsh back row. We weren't. They they couldn't make any great. Um, I say? They they got no real forward momentum. Um, at, at the breakdown, you mean Aldridge there, the open side there for France, like they they beat us in, in that situation. But you know, we matched their physicality, but we were definitely on the receiving end of it more.
1: A lot of eyes on Joy Carberry going into this game, Master Johnny Sexton being out injured, but he stood up very well.
12: I think he. I think he had a fantastic game. He's he's a wonderful player. You know, he's a guy he could. He could play central midfield for Man United. Like He's a player on the ball that has time. I thought he was very, very good for a guy who's undercooked. You know, he, he hasn't played an awful lot of rugby. He's undercooked. He's a great talent. He's the future of Irish rugby, because I don't think Johnny Satan can stand at number 10 in the World Cup at 38 years of age. Carabry is the future, and when he gets a few more matches under his belt, he'll even be better.
1: Mark Hanson Moss, he looks like the real deal.
12: Backhanding is a breath of fresh air. I mean, it. You, you saw they they gave a clip there yesterday where they 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 showed him taking off, and he kept his eye on the ball for the entire time. I mean, that was that was, um, that was that was a wonderful try from um, from a kind of what you call a fellow who plays off the cuff. You know, he's busy, he's industrious, he wants to get involved, and he brings a new dimension to things because he tries things. He doesn't do the safe thing all the time. He's, a, he's an excellent player and he did very well in in in, in, in the in the toughest of situations because do you know that's the side of France there like it's a cauldron like you could get dizzy looking up into the crow there and you know if we hadn't stayed in the tunnel for the first 10 minutes we could possibly have come out the other end, you know?
1: Yeah, because you're worried there, because like France score early and you're thinking to yourself, this is going to be a long day for Ireland, but they showed great, great, and that might have been absent in the past couple of years, maybe. Yeah,
12: it would, and I, I would say probably in fairness to Sexton, where Calgary obviously has the pace off the mark that Sexton doesn't have, but i say if Sexton was on the pitch, we might have been more aware of what France were going to throw us, at us in the first 10 minutes. I mean, Gibson Park kicked a very weak um, box kick early on and it brought France onto us. I'd say if Sexton was on the pitch he might have called for the ball in that instance and played the game in their half for those very fractious opening op- opening minutes, you know. Overall Moss two games in, one win, one
1: defeat. Ireland have three games to go. Still have to go to Twickenham if they can get a win there and maybe if England can do us a favour against France. It's it's not over yet.
12: Certainly not. This Six Nations is not over yet and, and he far to lose to that. You know, we've had, two winning, we've had a winning bonus point and a losing bonus point. So we're well in it. And historically, um, his history would tell us that France are temperamental, particularly they are when on the road. So I think they will step up. And if they do step up, I think we'll be well in the hunt.
1: Where do Ireland have to improve now going forward, Moss, do you think?
12: Well, it's 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 shown Ireland what it's what it's if if they want to dine at the top table, they have to get go forward ball at this level. We've had the fastest rocking situation up to now, but yesterday our back row of Conan, uh, of, of of Conan Heaslip, our um sorry Van der Fleer, um, we were we were beaten at the breakdown, and if you want to co- if you want to dine at the top table, you have to win those physical exchanges on the deck in the rocking situation. And we we'll, am quite sure Farrell will will have to will try and do that in training and trying to make them more aware of it. It's very difficult very difficult to replicate physicality in training because you probably don't have the actual beef in the training squad against you to do it. So, but at least they know that's their aspiration, and no better man than Andy Farrell to do it. Like he played. He played Rugby League. He all knows He knows really about physical contact, because that's a much rougher game than Rugby Union. But I think he was outmaneuvered slightly by his adversary, Sean Edwards, there, who has brought French defending to a new level. France never defended very well before, because they didn't concentrate on it. But Sean Edwards has, has brought that French team, and he's another Rugby League man, to a different level of defence. We'll have to conquer that. We'll have to get a different level of offence. And Andy Farrell, I think, is very much aware of that. And we'll address that.
1: Will Farrell, make changes now, Moss, for the Italy game, or will he stick with the core from the last two games? You think?
12: I say he'll probably shove in a few backs in that, you know. But I say our tight five will remain much the same. He might make a few changes in the back row. He might give Peter Romani a start, uh, and just mix it up a bit because, like, I don't like to be critical when we did so well. But like Jack Colin had a poor game yesterday, and I'd like to see maybe Peter Romani get a start, you know.
1: Finally, I must have to mention Irish rugby losing an absolute giant in Tom Kiernan recently. You can see from the tributes pouring in from him that he was just an absolute icon of Irish rugby.
12: He was an icon of, of Irish rugby and a great friend of mine, Rory, I'll be honest with you. He he nurtured me as a young fella in prez and he was always a ear that I could go to if if I want if I had any trouble or anything like that. And he was an absolute icon. Um I remember as a young fella watching Conan Highfield and Sunday as well, in, in in the 60s, and Tommy Kieran playing full-back for them. And I remember singularly him playing one of the greatest games I've ever seen a full-back play against Australia in Musgrave Park uh, as a 10-year-old in 67. I mean, what he did for Irish rugby on the playing field and off the playing field will, will never be surpassed. And what I always admired about him, what you got from Tommy Kieran was what you saw. He was an honest man of the utmost integrity, a wonderful player, and an absolutely wonderful administrator.
1: Yeah, and seeing all those tributes coming in for him, Moss, must have made you very happy to see how widely loved he was.
12: Absolutely, particularly in World Rugby. I mean, there was a, there was a time there where, in ninety five when the game was going professional and the English, as is their wont, were trying to go it alone and turning their back on the Six Nations. But himself and Vernon Pugh there, of the Welsh Rugby Union, they stuck at it and they alienated England from the initial European Cups, and eventually they put cap in hand and came back in, and that was a, that was great manoeuvring. I mean, it was he showed great political skill in that regard, and you know he was a determined rugby player. He was also very determined off the field, and and um, he had a good life, eighty three years of age. But um, he is a terrible loss, and a terrible loss to all administrative power at top level in, in, in the European game. We'll have to try and, very hard to replace, you know. But a wonderful character and. A very witty man in his own way if you i knew him privately and you could have great fun with him you know he he had a very a very sort of roundabout way of saying things that he'd say things very differently to anybody else but y- you knew profoundly what he meant it was a, it was different but it was very accurate you know he, he he was one of the greats and just in a personal note like i i'd been dropped in 1979 i got injured and he bought me back from oblivion in 82 and when probably no one else would have so I, any, any success that I had later in my career, I put it singularly down to him.
1: Yeah, lovely words. Moss, as always, an absolute
12: pleasure. Yeah, No problem, Rory.
1: Lovely stuff there from Moss Finn on the late, great Tom Kiernan, who passed away. And just as I mentioned to Moss, just the, the amount of collimages and tributes that have been paid to Tom um, just shows you how widely held he was not just in Ireland as Moss said but in world rugby as well but lovely to hear uh, from Moss Finn talk about his friend the late, great Tom Kiernan uh, I'm going to take a quick break when we come back going to talk Super Bowl going to hear from Cork City and from Cove Ramblers.
0: The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm we were
1: just talking about Tom and Kiernan before the break there uh, Rory Noonan from The Echo sent me a, a lovely picture of uh, Tom playing GA for Douglas uh, played for a year with the club Rory says he even organised a challenge match against Khan as a fundraiser for the club and there's a photograph of Tom Kieran Kiernan playing for Douglas in uh, 1971 in that um, uh, fundraiser uh, against Cork on, fantastic photograph and uh, thanks indeed uh, to Rory for sending that on uh, Leicester have conceded late and they've thrown away all three points against West Ham today and uh, Nikesh Raghani was watching
3: Leicester 2 West Ham 2 a goal in stoppage time for West Ham giving them the point and this will feel like another defeat for Leicester they were bossing the game once they equalised through Yuri Tielemann's penalty then took the lead through Ricardo Pereira they were looking like they were going to to get their first win of 2022 it wasn't to be west ham's two goals coming through jared bowen early on and then craig dawson with that header in stoppage time from a corner from the left-hand side their only real chance of the second half would be a bitter pill to swallow for leicester city brendan rogers under more pressure now he's still yet to win in 2022 in the league it finished leicester 2 west ham 2.
1: All right, it is Super Bowl Sunday, and of course that means we are joined by our good friend, head coach of the Cork Admirals, one of the finest football brains in the country, if not the finest. Alan, I would say, Alan Lamasney, Alan, how are you, sir?
8: I'm good, Rory. How are you?
1: I'm <laughs> good, bye, Thanks, so many for joining us as <laughs> always. Um, come here before we start about tonight's game. What about that postseason? Was that one of the, the craziest, most dramatic postseasons you can remember?
8: It was absolutely outstanding. It has been definitely, I'd say, one of the best in in living memory anyway. Um, It just had everything. I mean, you'd be hoping then that the the Super Bowl (laughs) is is going to live up to the same level. But it was absolutely phenomenal. You had Tom Brady in his final game and and having someone do to him what he's done so many times. Um, You had the, the Bengals doing it to the Chiefs on the other side. Yeah. Um, it was outstanding stuff.
1: And so we are left now with the Bengals and the Rams tonight. Um, can you talk to us, I suppose, first off, about the strengths of these two teams,
2: Alan?
8: Yeah, so it's, there's a lot of um, little subplots going on in this game. They're two very, very good teams. Um, the Bengals, uh, it would be their offense is their, their strength. Joe Burrow, their quarterback in his second year, and even last year he tore his ACL, so he missed half the year. So this, he's come in this year. He has absolutely played lights out, to be fair to him. Um, one of the big advantages he has is he came from uh, LSU, and when he was in LSU, his main receiver was Jamar Chase, and the Bengals drafted him this year. Mm. So you have a partnership that they, they honed in college is now working very well in the NFL. They have a couple of other good receivers, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and they're throwing Joe Mixon into the group they're running back and they've got a very very strong offense the um, biggest issue of their offense though is their offensive line and yeah. that then leads into the strengths of the Rams so the Rams defensive line is is something phenomenal out there you've got um, Aaron Donald Leonard Floyd, Von Miller and I think the, that would be a huge battle tonight it will be the, the Rams defensive line against the, the Bengals offense um, if the offensive line will hold up, it will be, you know, it will be a fantastic game. If if the, uh, if the if the Rams defensive line get on uh, top of the the offensive line early, it could be a, a long night for Joe Burrow. Yeah, uh, and it, it, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where it could turn the game very fast.
1: Yeah, uh, because uh, a lot of the previews I've been reading about this game has mentioned that offensive line quite a bit. I mean, like um, Burroughs sacked 51 times during regular season, nine times against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, So he can be got at.
8: Yes, he can. look, The thing is, the guy is getting hit left, right and centre, and he's still getting up. He's still leading him to wins. I mean, the Titans were the number one seed in the AFC uh, they sacked him. Like, if you watched the game, you would have said, "There's no way that this is going to come out anyway." But the Titans win, and he mm-hmm. came back. He got up and he kept fighting and and got the win from. So, um, he certainly can be got at. However, you you better make sure you're you're hitting him every play.
1: Um, the the Bengals underdogs going into this game, the Rams I think four and a half point favorites. Uh, is that yeah. about right in your view?
8: Um, I, it is. I mean, to be honest, like. The Rams have have a fantastic offense as well. They went and they got Matthew Stafford, who was um, the Lions quarterback. They, they traded with the Lions to get Matt Stafford. He is, um, when he's good, he's very good. But it will depend on what offense or what Matthew Stafford turns up. They've got an outstanding receiver in Cooper Cup. Um, they've got uh, Cam Akers, a running back. You know, they've again, I think if you look at the the overall, who's a better team? The Rams are definitely worth the, the favorite. tag, I think.
1: Yeah. Do you think they're going to do it? So,
8: um, I, I, I'm pulling for the. I'm pulling for the Bengals.
1: <laughs> is that the underdog um, in years? <laughs>
8: uh, I. Do you know what? I, I think like the, the Bengals took out the number one seed, the number two seed. Uh, Normally, give him a chance, and I just I, like Joe Burrow is one of these. Who, you know, one in a once in a generation type quarterbacks. I think he's exceptional, and um, I don't know. I I I just think that I, I the feeling. You know, if if they don't get overwhelmed by the defensive line, they have a good chance.
1: I suppose for most of us in Ireland, unless you're a, a Rams or a Bengals fan, you just want a good game of football tonight. Are we going to expect one tonight? What type of game are we expecting?
8: Yeah, I mean, I, look, I I think everyone is kind of thinking it should be a close game. Um, I, I can't see it being a blowout. The, the Bengals are, are seem to be quite good at letting people get a lead and storming back at them. So, um, you know, they don't seem to be ever out of the game, no matter how bad things are for them. So I, th- I think it, it should be close. I'm hoping it's going to be close because, you know, it would be a fantastic game of football. The Bengals kicker um, is outstanding. He's a rookie and um, he hasn't missed a kick in the pre. I think he's twelve straight kicks in the preseason, which is phenomenal going for a guy who's in his first season. Um, I the guy just seems to be so relaxed. So if he came down to it, I, I could see maybe he pulls it out for him.
1: I'm really looking forward to 11:30 the kickoff time tonight uh, for the game. Um, so hopefully everyone has enough coffee to stay up late enough for it. The Admirals, of course, are yeah. having their, fam- their famous <laughs> Super Bowl party this year as well.
8: Yeah, we're, uh, to God, we're, things are coming back to normal again. The, our Super Bowl party is back. We're back in the East Village in Douglas tonight again from 8 o'clock on. The doors are open at 8. Uh, it's free entry, The late bar, game will be on. Um, should be a great night, great atmosphere. We've always had a, a, a good crowd come in and, and, you know, lots of football fans get together and watch the game and hopefully it'll be a great night.
1: And I suppose as I suppose preparations continue for the season with the Admirals, Alan, how are things going?
8: Good. We're... Um, we're our first game of the season now is the 20th of March at home against uh, the old uh, the old enemy, the Dublin Rebels. Um pre season is going well. Um, we're training Sundays, Tuesdays, and then we've a big squad this year. Now we've got more coaches, more players. So yeah, it's looking good. It's positive. We've got some great talent now this year. But you know, we're always looking for new guys. If anyone wants to try it out, or you know, anyone wants to come down and help out as an assistant or a coach, you know, contact us and. Um, get in touch and we'd, we'd love to have uh, have anyone else come down
1: and join us and you can get in touch on CorkAdmirals.ie or you can find them on Facebook or on Twitter as well Alan thanks very Word. much for talking to us yeah. today buddy and enjoy No problem tonight. at all Rory That's Alan Lamastny there the head coach of the Cork Admirals uh, speaking to us ahead of the Super Bowl tonight at 11.30 the kick off time for that one don't think I'll be awake for it I'm in here again at 6 in the morning so I'll be long tucked up in my bed and I'll be checking out the, uh, the highlights on NFL.com in the morning but enjoy the game if you are staying up for it, it should be an absolute cracker as Alan was mentioning there and as he said, going for the Bengals as the underdogs, uh, Rams, favourites for the to be in tonight but I think what most of Ireland just wants this good game of football, 11.30 kickoff for that one tonight uh, Right, running out of time, going to wrap up by uh, looking ahead to uh, the uh, League of Ireland season which kicks off uh, this coming week, uh, Cork City rounding it off with a one-all draw uh, with Shelburne on Friday, running off the pre-season. I should say, uh, Ramblers beating from my five-three today in their last game before kick-off on Wednesday. Going to hear now from the Ramblers boss, Darren Murphy. We heard from Colin Healy yesterday. And I'm going to hear from uh, Darren
11: Murphy, the Cove Ramblers boss, looking ahead to the season uh, in the company of our man Aidan Leahy Darren Murphy joins me to look ahead to the new season for Cove Ramblers. Darren, thanks for joining us. No worries. I suppose this will be your first uh, full season um how have you found preseason and preparations over the last few months
5: Yeah, it's really, look it was a heavy off season um, you know like obviously trying to trying to get a, a squad together get you know like every player out of contract and then get players in and you know planning your own pre-season, then getting back into you know on the pitch uh there's a, there's, there's a bit goes on in the background with the club. So it was a busy enough period, but look, we got there, um, you know, and, 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 and the pre-season preparation has gone well. We played some good games, um, you know, and and, and we've had, a, you know, a lot of players to look at and, you know, uh, we've put a good squad together.
11: What have you learned, I suppose, from last season uh, taking over midway through the year that you can take into this year?
5: Um, uh, lots, lots. Look, you're you're learning all the time. I think you're learning every game. Um, you know, especially when you go play different teams. You know, different structures, uh, teams playing different ways. You know, different size pitches. Everything comes into to play and Comes in. You know, as, yeah. as you're prepping every week for a different game. So, yeah, I think just again, you know, the research and watching previous games and watching games you've played and you know self assessments and stuff like that of the team is very important for us. Like so, uh, I think. Look, that's that's the main point. In
11: suppose squad wise, um, who should we be keeping an eye out for uh, this year? What new faces have impressed you the most so far?
5: I think uh, you know, Cove is a, is a collective um, squad. I, I, I wouldn't like to pick out w- one or two names. I, I think everyone in the squad is important. I think, and um, you know, when 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 you look at our squad overall and what way we play and what way we're structured. Like uh, everyone is important, um, and you know, you know, everyone has to do a a different shift. And even looking on last year, and and, you know how many there wasn't one player who probably didn't get minutes at any stage. So it's vital, I think, that we have a strong team and a strong squad in the background to come in and fill places. Because look, you will pick up injuries, you will pick up suspensions. Hopefully, not too many this year. And you know, um, I think, I think as as a collective, we need to be strong as a team as well.
11: That way. I suppose naturally all teams in the first division will ultimately want to get promoted, and I'm sure that's a a strong, a strong objective as well for Cove Ramblers heading into this year.
5: Yeah, look, the value the value is is a place in the Premier Division, is and you know we're 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 the second top tier uh, league in this country, and you know there's an opportunity to go to the top tier league in this country, and I think that's a valuable prize, and you know like that's that's what every club strives to to, to do. That's why you know every every club is trying to get better every year. The players are trying to get better. Obviously, football is adjusting, and you know it's getting more athletic. And you know, like you, you have you have access now to you know your gyms, your strength conditioning, your nutrition. So, like every every player is striving to be that better player. Like you know,
11: Longford up first. I suppose it's always important to get off to a good start, isn't it?
5: Yeah, I I, I think. Look, as I said, you know it's it's a long season this year's. Uh, you know, there's extra games and and, and, and and with that brings, you know, like, uh, I, I suppose, more work rate from the players on, and more uh, more on your body and more off the pitch. And Long, Longford are, are a team now that have come down from the Premier Division and played at a good level all last year. You know, they're going to be a tough opposition for the first game of the season. And, um, you know, they like to play football. They have they've, 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 they've a good big pitch as well, you know, and... Um, yeah, I think look, we we've done our, our our homework on them, and 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 all you can do is prep our lads in for the first game, like you know. And I suppose yeah, like it'd be great to make a good start. And um, and I think look, every team is going out at the start of the season to to try and win win the first game, and you know. But uh, I I think uh, it, it, it's important that you stay grounded and and, and look where you know the, what you're what you're doing as a whole season. I, I know a lot of people say. Oh, you need to start well, and you need to do it like you. It's a it, it, it's a long year, and you need to you need to stay in there, whether it's the start, the middle, or the end. You know, you need you need to be competitive all year round.
11: Just before I let you go, Cove Ramblers uh, as a club have been making a lot of strides over the past couple of years, and there was more funding announced as well during the week from the Sports Capital Grant. So, off the field as well, things are quite positive.
5: Yeah, look, they've done a lot of work in the background. I'm sure you would have saw the 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 size of the grant. Like I I. I would say the amount of work that they've done to get that grant is, you know, like, is, 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 is admirable. And um, I, I know they put in a lot of hours off the pitch, and, you know, like, uh, to, to, to have that size of a grant then at the end of it, um, you know, shows, shows that work rest. It's great for the club, it's great for Cove football, you know, and, and hopefully it'll be invested well. I know they have a good projection plan towards what they want to do, doing up the ground and making it more attractive for fans to come in and families, you know, and, and yeah. even in, in around the academy, it's a, it's, it, it's getting better, you know, like you want to play for the club because of the structure and the background and uh, it, it, it is important and it's important as a, as a League of Ireland as a whole that our clubs, you know, have these facilities and they can produce like a, a good match day experience for the fans but also an attractive place for the best talent in Ireland to play their
11: football. Absolutely. Well, Darren, best of luck for the season and I'm sure we'll catch up again with you soon.
5: Brilliant. Thanks, Aidan.
11: A big Red bench on Corax, Red FM, and
1: that is Darren Murphy of Cove Ramblers looking ahead to their season in their centenary year as well. Club's 100 years old this year. Congratulations uh, to uh, Cove Ramblers and uh, to everyone involved as well for um, that grant as well that Aidan was mentioning, €300,000. Uh, significant amounts of money for Ramblers and as Darren was mentioning, a huge amount of work Going in behind the scenes uh, to get that over the line, so it's going to be a big year for Cork Ramblers. We wish them the very, very best of luck indeed. We heard from Colin Healy yesterday after the one-all draw with Shelburne. Uh, Colum had a bit of a sit-down with him earlier on in the week to preview Cork City season, and this is a little bit of what uh,
0: Colum had to say. To Colum. We're here in the manager's office in Bishopstown Ahead of of the new season, very fancy With Colin Healy And Colin, I suppose we were just talking about it off air there Great to be back And great to be getting ready for a new season And I suppose looking ahead to this season It's probably a bit different to previous years uh, Certainly last year In that there's a bit more expectation And
9: you probably have a stronger squad as well No, it is Listen, it's great to be back Um, I suppose it's, it's it's great to have the fans back as well. Yeah. you know? As I said, it's it's, it's important that they're there uh, at Turner's Cross. That is um it's a special place to play your football. Um, as you said, we brought in some new players. Um, I think we're in a stronger position than we were last year. Um, listen, the players have they're training well. We've had some good pre-season games, so um they're looking forward obviously for tomorrow night, but they're looking forward to the break game as well.
0: Um, you mentioned new players coming in and so on. Uh, last year was quite a quite a young squad, I suppose. And as you as you said, you gave a lot of Young guys' opportunities. This year you brought in the likes of Kevin O'Connor's back, uh, Ali Gris- Gilchrist is down from Shells, you've Duna in, you have uh, Keating as well. A lot of new guys in there and they're going to play a big part this year and it's probably a real, real kind of
9: strength and core to the, to the squad, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is. It is, it is the, the, the players that you mentioned there, listen, they're, they're good lads. They've settled in very, very quickly. Um, so I'd like to think they, they will they will make it stronger. Um, but they're, they're good around the place as well. They're good in the dressing room, they're good on the training pitch, which is important because yeah, we, we still have young players within the team um, so it's just there will be sticky patches within the year is that some of the older lads will just you know, you know, know, um, look after the younger lads but it's, it's good to have a good balance within the team and the players that you mentioned is that as you said keep saying they're in very very quickly and they're enjoying the football at the moment. It's important to have that experience I suppose in a league like the First Division because there are some strong teams in there this year. Yeah, 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 as I said some teams are strengthening, you'll have, you have Waterford, Galway and 3D will be there about yeah. So it, it will It'll be a difficult season um, And we know that We know that So, And the players know that As well like, so. But as I said it's, it's something that we're Looking forward to You know the, the big thing for me Is the crowds are back in um, um, the, the players really Really enjoyed that Last year And I thought it, um, A lot of players Kicked on And probably played At a level that You know That It was A level that they got to, That looked at They were comfortable Playing within that level, so I'm hoping that they will kick on again this year. Actually, the crowds did seem to make a difference last season because your second half of the season was was a
0: lot lot better than I the first it, yeah. half of the season. I mean, he'd probably be in the Premier Division or have a good chance of being in the Premier Division if, if that was the, the level all season. So I mean, the crowds came back probably the last third of the season or yeah. so on, and there was an atmosphere in Cross There was life there, and it felt like the club was kind of back
9: to where it should be, and, and the players kind of reflected that, didn't they? Yeah, no, they did, they did. Like wrong, like we we, we started badly, you know yeah. as well. Do you know? Do you know? And. I didn't want to say that <laughs> no no, no but we did, we, did you? Yeah. We, 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 we didn't start great um, but what I would say is that the the um, the players as the season went on they got better and better and I said listen it's um, the the bad start um, we, we were flying at the end we were, we were in good shape we were, had some very very good performances but I think the they, they, they start um, uh, caught, caught up us at, at the end to make be great
1: bench on Cork Red FM that is Colin Healy there speaking to Colin we put the full version of that on our website redfm.ie we're out of time thank you very much indeed for joining shooting our way on the Big Red Bench tonight back next Saturday and Sunday from 6 enjoy the Super Bowl if you're watching folks Green and Red is up next
8: The
0: Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red
1: FM